1: Everybody, welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of the Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Another nice looking spring day. As we get things started here on this Thursday, Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson, yeah. I'm on with Ben Taylor on uh, Auburn Overlander like this morning, and he goes, uh, "So, is Ferg back, or is it another Friday?" And it's like, well. I'm back. I think he's back, back. but yeah, can't, I know you're back can't, now. Can't, can't I didn't know it's seven o'clock this morning.
2: Yeah, no, I told Dan. I told Dan last week. That yeah,
1: I... well, you know, Count he he can't remember. You told me last night, but he I have not remember rules. Remember I, rules. He remember I, I, do,
3: I do remember rules. It comes. It becomes a problem sometimes when I uh, no. I uh, pretend I don't remember my, rules uh, to start a
2: conversation. My youngest brother is getting married this weekend, so I, I'm not available tomorrow. So oh, I'm back Thursday. Well, that's
1: good. Well, good. Good to have you in. Uh, you've been you've been quoted on a num- uh, uh, on numerous shows this week. That's great uh, for for the for some of the numbers that you put out there and things the that off-season. you point out. I mean, well, and you know, Auburn Auburn uh, has had a a busy week. Huge. this yeah. past week. So I mean, there've been quite a few things for you to be researching and, and uh, pointing out as as uh, Auburn has added four players in the last uh, little over a week. On football and uh, and now we're waiting to see what happens to basketball and they're and I don't think they're
2: done football wise either. No, I don't think they're done football wise. You know, yesterday Hugh Freeze was in Hoover at the at the regions and and mm-hmm. kind of gave a, a quick little list of what they might be interested in getting uh, in the portal. And so and we talked about it. I know on our podcast this morning uh, that came out this morning, Dan and I. It's just it's really interesting because um, I'm sure we'll get into it. But uh, one of the position groups, I don't think. We've talked about that much just because there's just been so many guys by there and so much experience coming back. But until you said something about it yesterday, it didn't really click with me. It's like safety. Yeah, Auburn could probably use another DB if they if they could get yeah. one with experience. I think corner as well. Like if you don't want to necessarily, you know have your two backups this year be JD Rim and, and K. and Lee. Maybe if you can get a third corner that has some experience. You get another and safety though and you've got and, and you've got Jalen Simpson who
1: can move into mm-hmm. corner as well. So it gives you more flexibility. And my suspicion, we talked about it on the
3: podcast, my suspicion would be if there's and I don't know if a player fits this profile that Auburn has recruited thus far, but if there were if there was a safety with one year of eligibility left who had never played major conference college football before who was looking for an opportunity to come in and was willing to accept that Auburn has two right. veteran safeties in starting spots in Jalen Simpson and Zion Butchett.
2: But, but you'd get on the field, you'd, yeah. You'd,
3: I mean,
1: I if, think if I think play, Auburn, Auburn could pitch the opportunity to come in and, and get significant playing time.
3: Maybe, but I, but I think I mean Zion and Jalen have have gotten pretty pretty solid reviews at safety thus far, and Donovan Kaufman is there as an option potentially as well. I could see Auburn looking for someone who maybe doesn't profile as a starter immediately at safety, but would be uh, more more. Uh, They would be more proven as backups than Wooden or Bridges or, uh, who else is that, Uh, Robertson? No. Uh, Gilbert. Marcus Mar- Mar- Gilbert, Mar- 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 yeah. like th- those, because those are your those are your insurance right now. If if something happens to Zion or Jalen, right, and I can see why Auburn would be in the market for something better than that, or kicking Donovan as, Kaufman back there as, as as backup options, or kicking Donovan Kaufman out back there. Although,
2: which he'll still probably play some safety. You, well. Yeah, you but
3: you guys got to see the practices. wasn't wasn't he mostly working at to, nickel? Yeah, didn't yeah. you get the sense he was mostly yeah, working yeah. He at corner nickel most yeah. of the time
2: for sure? Yeah, but yeah, that's a that's a position group. You know, we've seen Auburn link two wide receivers and off, obviously offensive mm-hmm. linemen and linebackers and Jack. And stuff like that, but you know, DB is one that is like. To there be, was, a, there was a
1: safety that just went in the portal either yesterday or this morning. That mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, uh, somebody said, "Look, look out! You know, Auburn may be watching this guy." And Bill, I think if a safety that profiled as better than Jalen or
3: Zion jumped into the oh, portal, yeah. I think Auburn would be in the market. Sure, too. but but Auburn made some. and I know it was a different administration last year, but towards the end of the summer. Didn't Auburn make some acquisitions that was sort of, let's add veteran depth to the team at a position where we like our starters? Who was the... I feel like uh, maybe Bragg was an example of mm. this, where Auburn had uh, Auburn had veteran starters at these spots, but if something were to happen to one of them, they were going to be relying on guys that hadn't played very much college football at all. And so what they did uh, was they went out and they found someone who... It was their first taste of major conference college football. I wonder if, as the... As the the summer gets, you know, as the summer drags on, as we get closer to the start of of the term, if Auburn would be looking at any position for for someone like that because they like their starting options, but they're worried about what's behind them.
1: Yeah, I think you do that after a, after you get through this period of trying to get folks in for the summer. Maybe if you've got a spot or something, you look at that. Um, it's an Auburn home run. Yeah, well, they needed it. Uh, Auburn Auburn was down seven five when we walked in and. Uh, and I think they may have tied the game. At, yeah, I think at least is what that appeared. Mm-hmm. Yep, tied the game in the on the shot. shot. Yep. So it's tied up at seven. Not what you expect when Matty Pinta uh, takes, you know, go, goes to the uh, circle. I think uh, just but, caught the top of the fence, <coughs> but it
3: is uh, it was it was gone. Called
1: yeah. and so Auburn in its first first round uh, of, of the SEC tournament taking on Ole Miss, and yes, it is now tied at seven. In the bottom of the 5th. All right, we'll keep you updated on that. Just getting underway here on the Thursday drive. Bill, Dan, Justin got Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. You can give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, the sponsor of our number one, and Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, uh, The number to get you through on that Kia of Auburn Hotline is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at
3: Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, Derek, drop by. Earlier today, uh, had a little chat oh, yeah? with, the, cool. with Steve Witten. Was able to, uh, you know, was was uh, uh, he's welcome to come by during the show as well if he ever wants to. But he was, uh, yeah, was was in the neighborhood earlier today and uh, and had a chat with the uh, with the boss. So by all means, shout out to Southeastern Industrial Contractors and uh, and all the great work they do. They sponsor the text box. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts.
1: Yeah, we sort of jumped in there with um, with Justin. But uh, but it has been. I mean, it's it's been a busy time in the football portal. Just talk about the guys you're you're feeling about the additions, the latest additions uh, for Hugh Freeze and the team.
2: Yeah, I think the last time since we came on, um, you know, Auburn. Auburn had gotten Jay – well, let's see, you were on – no well, on Friday, they had just, yeah, gotten, they just Peyton, gotten Peyton Tho- Thorn. Thorne, but they get Caleb Burton, uh, they get Jaden Muskrat. Right. Um, you know, those are those are big pickups. Hey, Caleb Burton, uh, there's a question in the mailbag tomorrow about, like, hey, where would Caleb Burton rank as, you know, a, a high school wide receiver at, in this room? And it's, he's far and away the yeah, most – Yeah, by far the – and he would be if you compare him to other ones in the past he would be the high like if auburn would have signed him out of high school which they didn't but it's as close as you can because he played one he didn't right, play last year he didn't year, play Richard, so, yeah. and,
1: and so it's, it's
2: like, very very close but the last time auburn has gotten a wide receiver out of high school is rated as highly in the composite as Caleb Burton was coming out of high school. You gotta go all the way back to twenty sixteen with the Nate Craig Myers and Kyle Davis class. Yeah. And so that's I was thinking I mean, it's been a minute yeah, since I, they've I, had I was, somebody I like was that.
1: Think, I was thinking Nate Craig at the time. Yeah, Nate Craig Myers probably and,
2: and Kyle yeah. Davis were both mm-hmm. uh, both highly highly rated at them. So I mean that is a position group where you know Auburn doesn't have a crazy amount of history at wide receiver compared to other programs. You know mm-hmm. Terry Beasley still owns your record book and he played he played quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, Fifty years ago. Yeah. Um uh, but it is a position where I think if Caleb Burton can come in, you know, you've got Javarius Johnson back and Coy Moore, you like what, you've, what you have with with guys like Camden Brown and elsewhere, but if Auburn can get this passing game rolling and get the wide receivers, like, showing some more production, you look at this 24 and 25 class coming up for Auburn, um, you know, Guys like Cam Coleman, Ryan Williams, like elite, elite top mm-hmm. players who play wide receiver in the state of Alabama that Auburn is trying to make good inroads with and in the case of Williams, potentially flip. Getting getting your wide receivers rolling is going to be key for that this year to help him in your efforts, and Burton is a great step in that direction. And I, I'm fascinated to see what he can bring to the table because above all else, if if you are a guy that Ohio State looked at a wide receiver and said, yep, you can play here, that's about as good of a stamp of approval as you can get as a wide receiver in college football. If Ohio State wanted you and, and, and pushed hard for you, I mean, the track record they've got there is insane right now. And so picking up somebody like that is 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 huge for Auburn. Even if Caleb Burton's not a guy who is one of your top you know two or three receivers this year in production, he could be. But even if he's not, it's such a good step in the right direction for that for that position. And
3: I guess the, the counterpoint to that, we, we, we were very excited a couple of <coughs> years ago when Auburn signed Zach Farrar because he had played at Oklahoma and he was a receiver that Oklahoma had gone out and recruited. We thought, well, with Lincoln Riley and that track record at Oklahoma, like if you want a receiver that they thought was good enough by all means. And every case is different. Caleb Burton was a much more prominent high school recruit. That's, than, the, bigger, than, than Zach, uh, yeah, that's the bigger thing. C- Caleb Burton, it, w- it was big news when Caleb Burton, out of high school, chose Ohio State. We've talked. Was, Zach Farrar, a JUCO guy? It was the, I think he may have started. He was also played baseball. He'd been in a couple like. of places. Yeah, yeah, it was, he was, yeah Auburn, Auburn. was uh, was was one of several steps along the way for Ferrar. For but with Burton, uh, he was a big enough high school recruit that it was prominent news when he decided to go to Ohio State out of Texas. It was the same week that uh, th- that Quinn Ewers uh, picked Ohio State, and and his recruitment was a, a really big story as well. So uh, no, this, this is an exciting an exciting acquisition and somebody who uh, lo- looks like. Uh, Justin, do you get the sense that Auburn landing Peyton Thorne helped them in the Caleb Burton sweepstakes because the timing was a little I mean I mean Burton picked Auburn. A couple of days later, and I would imagine uh, the next day. Yeah, and I and I would imagine that picking a veteran, and having landed sure. a veteran quarterback out of the portal, yeah. strengthened Auburn's case. It didn't hurt. for hurt for a wide receiver.
2: Yeah, then you look at you know Montana Lamonius Craig, who uh, has visited Auburn, uh, Jagger Shorter, who's visited, I mean, those are two guys that I think either one of them, um, you you can plug in and. You see got any them.
1: idea when either of those guys might do something? Because I think a lot of folks have just been expecting it. You know, at any time for yeah. for a while now, I,
2: I I would have thought it would have been closer to their their visits, but yeah, obviously not. Um, but it'll it'll be interesting to see. I think Auburn could do really well with one of them um, for the mailbag tomorrow. Somebody asked me how much of the two D next year or this season, I should say. Uh, is from new guys, and so I just like rolled, a lot of it. I rolled out a, I rolled out a, hey, this is where I'm just thinking right now with with the TD, But obviously things can change. It was nearly half, yeah. And um, one of the spots I had was um, that position, you know, that 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 outside receiver, that Z spot where Coy Moore's played. Uh, right now, I have like a transfer kind of slotted in there because I, I think both Lamonius Craig and Shorter both kind of fit that description. If Auburn went into the role for another one, but it's like the fact that auburn is pushing so hard for a wide receiver in the portal is like they're getting do, they're going to do they think can play and you do have Javarius Johnson and you do have uh Coy Moore and um you know Cannon Brown and and you brought Nick Martin in but like the fact that they're still going really really hard makes me think if they get a guy in the portal it's going to be a dude who's going to play and this this oh, offense, yeah.
1: I think either I think either of those two this guys wants to play like eight receivers. Yeah.
2: But if you're looking at a strict two deep, I mean, the, the, whoever comes in next, I think's got a really good shot to play a lot of football next year. Yeah, I think uh, I think
1: well, I think both of those guys um, have the combination of size and the ability to uh, to go deep. Six two with I think, speed. I think Auburn's got some guys that have one one or the other, but mm-hmm. no proven guy who is who is showing. I mean, Camber Brown appears to be that kind of guy. Right. But these two have, yeah, your best, have done it a little bit. Your
2: best deep ball threat the last couple of seasons has been Javaris, Javaris. Johnson, yeah. who is a great receiver, but he's also five nine. Right. Like it's 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 a little different when you especially in an offense where you're going to want to spread the field. You're going to want to stretch stretch it to the outside. Um so I, that that is a as I and mean, then Caleb Burton, like Burton's one of those dudes that on the smaller side, probably a slight guy could also kick to the outside. I, I you know, I think Jason Callwell wrote it when he committed. And I think it's obviously a, a perfect comparison. Jason Jason knows, you know, player comparisons better than anybody I know. Um he was pointing out that like, you know, like Jameson Williams is a good example of a guy that's like these guys that they've had at Alabama where it's just Yeah they they haven't one, they probably, haven't been two hundred pound guys. You know, I mean
1: a couple have been, but I mean Julio Jones, but yeah, the guys recently have been more in the, you know, six foot one eighty yeah, you know one seventy five, yeah. one eighty, maybe six, you, maybe six
2: one. More of your Devontae Smiths and yeah. Jamison Williams and Henry Ruggs yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it, it's been a minute since they've had an Amari Cooper right. or, or a Julio Jones or somebody like that. So, um, you know that's that's the type of position where you don't necessarily have to just stick at that guy in the slot. Um, you can put him on the outside because you mm-hmm. know that if you get him on an island, he can he can burn folks and. <laughs> And so I think Burton can fit in there.
3: The buzz on Lamonius Craig is that uh, he was going to wait until he'd finished up classes at, Mon- at, at Colorado. I believe the I believe they end this yes. week. Yeah. So, so he was going to wait until he's finished up academically. By the way, Colorado incredible before. name. Yes, and and uh, I mean I'm I'm a sucker for a state name. Indiana Jones. Johnny Utah from uh, uh, that's a uh, Point Break. I need to find that,
2: that. That's going to be if he comes to Auburn. That's going to be my my project. How many times has Auburn signed a player that has the name shares the name D- of the state? Duncan Idaho, of course, from sure. uh,
3: from Dune. I mean, you got a couple of different you know characters that you put a, you put a state in someone's name, and it's an indication that they're a, a tough character in, uh, in in science fiction at least. So Lamonius Craig, there's some Colorado folks really hoping you know that he that he, he stays. Media, that he sticks around, reconsiders, mm-hmm. drops out of the Portal stays with Colorado. couple
2: of—it's uh, almost as if if you come in and just try to run everybody off, you may lose some guys that are actually decent. I mean, I know Colorado's been terrible the last few years, but like they—they they had some—they had some guys. You know, they—they—they they, they had some talent out there, especially with as close as they are to California, where. Montana's from.
3: We're, we're still, you know, I'm still of the like. Let's let's see who comes in. Like no matter no matter who's leaving, right? Like let's let's see what he can do as far as bringing in. But the closer you get to the season, the more worse in that line of scrimmages. We like about-
2: I, like I thought Landon King would have been a great pickup for Colorado. He ends up going to Utah, which is a better fit for him. Because they've done great work with hybrid tight end wide receivers in the past. I mean, they just had one go first round in the NFL draft. Midland,
3: Chick Dawson, Chick, yeah. uh, uh, who, who, you know, two Auburn receivers, both like we were saying, ended up in the uh, in, in the Pac twelve. But
2: yeah, but the great, thing I, the I, thing I, I, with Dawson too is just like and, and King, you know, King's had a little bit more production. With the thing with Dawson though is just like, well, maybe. We, you know, that was this whole thing here. Mm-hmm. A lot of really good reviews. Oh, yeah. We just hadn't seen it out on the field yet. At Colorado, it's like, so hey, Auburn, you, Auburn, hey Auburn you played would, in the SEC. Come on. Yeah, <laughs>
3: like, Auburn would be glad with the trade there. Could be sure. could be an announcement on Lamonius Craig. I, I think
2: I get the sense. By the end of the weekend. I probably. get the but sense. He, and he had a phenomenal oh, spring game. Yeah, he did. He yes. like, just went nuts in the spring game and still under the Yeah,
1: 23 catches last year. But, yeah, great, great uh, spring game, including a 98-yard touchdown. He, um... He, he's somebody who sounds like
3: he wants to be on campus at his next school su- soon. So I would, yeah, like you said, before mm-hmm. the end
1: of the week. Uh, and then, of course, the Auburn's, Auburn's uh, summer session starts next Wednesday, the first summer session does. A C- couple of names, and we'll talk about this. We're, we're running low on the segment here, but uh,
3: Jalen Phillips you know, from, from Tennessee. Yeah, we'll get into basketball. We'll get, get we'll into basketball. One more receiver, because we talked about him earlier this week. We don't talk about it enough because he's a true freshman coming in. But... There is there is some belief that JC Hart right I mean there's there's another guy who again it's a true freshman you don't want to get uh, ahead of yourself when we talk about the guys that could compete on the depth chart at wide receiver that's that's somebody who I, I think Justin even acknowledged on the podcast like he he'd forgotten about uh, putting putting JC Hart in that mix mm-hmm. at wide receiver too and that's somebody again so it, it's a reminiscent of Cheney Johnson right projecting someone from. A smaller school to compete immediately can be difficult. Uh, Cheney Johnson's a you know it's, it's a college transfer, not a high school player coming in, but there could be there could be rewards immediately. I, bought,
2: I, I watched JC Hart play a good bit in high school, and I know it's not SEC guys they're going up against, but the dude uh, has good length, he jumps well, he runs well, he's going to play hard, and I he's mean, twenty pounds heavier by
1: the way now than when he signed. Yeah,
2: it's it he's got good receiver size for sure. If you if you want to play him there, and I think you know. Maybe he's a diamond in the rough. I think that, I, I thought that was the case for him at corner, and I think wide receiver is definitely a position they, they need him more at. We're going to get to our
1: first break. Auburn has come, come back and taken the lead, still batting in the bottom of the fifth there in the uh, uh, SEC softball tournament, 8-7. I saw, did, did you see the little note that they put up? This is just the third game in the history of the SEC tournament where both teams have scored at least 6 runs and it's just it's the wow. bottom of the 5th.
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah,
1: it's 8-7. That makes sense
2: with the way pitching usually yeah. is in the SEC. And the bases are loaded. I mean yes. we, we might already one done. down. And uh By the way, the announcement today that the SEC softball tournament is going to be in Auburn next year. That is right. Auburn hosting the 2024
1: SEC baseball tournament.
2: Pretty good for a program that this season, I mean, we'll see how they do in the tournament, but this season got a big step in the right direction, and and Mm -hmm. things things are really trending up for them.
1: All right, we'll get to our first break. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Thursday Drive.
0: Now, more of The Drive.
1: Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer uh, here on the uh, Thursday drive. And let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And John is up first. Hey, John.
4: Hey, good afternoon. I had a uh, question for y'all. With uh, P. Freeze bringing in all these uh, players from different cultures and different schools and different backgrounds, have we uh, – has there been enough vetting process time spent with these kids to know that they are, you know, going to fit our program and not be a more of a detriment than a uh, than a positive? Uh, hate to speak negatively, you know, but normally you want to establish your culture, and you can uh, bring in another kid and he can conform to your culture. If you bring in so many different kids at the same time, then they wind up changing your culture.
2: Yeah, Hugh Freeze has said several times now, like this off season when they talk about the portal. His big thing is is if they fit our culture and can make us better they're going to bring him in. So I think that I mean that the culture part that you're asking about has at least publicly been at the forefront of a lot of these a lot of these conversations. Cuz you can get really good players, there's really good, really talented players out there that you can get at all these different positions. But Frieza said he wanted to get guys that they mm-hmm. think can fit the team culture. So
1: and they passed on a couple of guys that that I think some fans have said, "Why haven't you gone after this guy?" And I and from what I've gathered, that may be why a couple of times. The other thing to keep in mind is he has said, right now, we have to hit the portal harder, but he doesn't want to have to rely on it as
2: much, yeah. you know,
1: once once they get recruiting going.
2: Yeah, 2024 and the 2025 classes, he has said on the record, he has said, like, that's going to determine – how successful this program is going to be under his under his watch. So, um, yeah, this is they had to flip it this year, but they have kept culture in mind. I think first and foremost, but also like 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 Bill said, like they're not going to want to do this each and every year and, and want to build that kind of consistent culture through guys uh, that they have more time to recruit in at the high school ranks.
3: And I get the question too, in in part because I, I would understand with the speed of the transfer portal with the fact that guys can show up on the radar very quickly and immediately th- there's there's you know re- recruitment swarms around them uh, sometimes may- maybe teams can't do their due diligence on exactly what kind of person they're getting personality wise or exactly what's occurred in this player's background something could slip through the cracks and it could become a problem down the line uh, but i think teams are working very hard to avoid that situation and doing whatever background checks they can to make sure that they're bringing in players that will fit in, not just as football players, but also as student-athletes and as citizens.
4: All right. Uh, one other question. Left the office. Uh, Auburn was down 6-2, to two, I think. Have they gotten back in the fight yet?
1: Yeah, they're up 8-7 as a matter of fact. That that sixth oh, yeah. spot in the top of the third got them down. They scored three in the bottom of the third and just scored three in the fifth. Yeah, ball's flying I off know. the bats right now.
3: A couple couple shots to the warning track as well. So, I mean, it's been a, uh, as they, they said in the previous, it was
1: it's, it's one of the highest scoring games. It's just the third time in the history of the tournament that there have been this many runs scored by both teams.
4: Yeah, the uh, Auburn starting pitcher came in, and I think she warmed up earlier because of the rain delay. And then uh, huh. Yeah, out of sync and was throwing a lot of... Uh, off-speed pitches, which is kind of abnormal for her. But uh, yeah, they, they her, she uh, hit several batters and then uh, couldn't find the strike zone for a while. So I'm glad uh, they found a way to fall back into it. I appreciate y'all's time. Thank you.
1: Appreciate the call, John. 334-321-1390. Three, 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 one, I can understand the concern there. but uh, um, He's also trying to change the culture, though. Put yes, that that's right. I mean, that's right. I mean, he knows some of, some of these guys that have been here, um, you know, maybe – maybe don't fit exactly what what he wants. And uh, they're, they're looking to absolutely create the culture that they want. To
3: Justin's point, though, it does seem like the primary focus, when you look at who has been brought in via the transfer portal, it does seem like the primary focus is, and not the only thing, but but a, there's been a heavy focus on where does this player fit in on the field in 2023. Like does does this player Yeah,
1: but I mean think think back to I mean there there were there were some folks in the first portal that it looked like oh that that would be a good uh, that would be a good fit for what Auburn needs on the field and Auburn didn't pursue them as hard and I think it's because yes they they definitely want players that are going to help them on the field but they don't want somebody that could be a problem you know, with the team or off the field,
3: and, and it tends to, uh, to to I mean, Auburn. Auburn's most of the additions Auburn has made. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, uh, but m- most of the additions Auburn has made via the transfer portal. When you look at the college football players that have decided to join in right now, uh, mo- most of them project to have a role on the field. Like, how, how many? How many long term projects has Auburn taken? Uh, you know, I would say one.
2: I would say one that isn't guaranteed to be, like, a key player this year just because I think of him. Demario Tolan? Yep, that's it. I mean,
1: that's the, that's the only one. I think Demario
2: Tolan can play. A I think Demario, decent,
1: DeMario sure. yeah, Demario Tolan is a guy. He's got a ton of talent, but yeah. I
2: – the, Mar- the word Martiner's, on him in the spring was is just hey it's it, he's a little bit mm-hmm. he's he, he needs more time. Martner's going to compete. You know that Oh, means, absolutely. That's a, that's a guy yeah. you look. I mean, Martiner it looks like mo- Martner was in the first team. Again yeah. I mean, most spring. most of the guys Auburn has brought in from the all border. the linemen, all the defensive linemen will be in the two. Yep.
3: Which um, is a, which is another reason circling back to what we were talking about earlier. It's another reason to think Caleb Burton. Would would
1: be somebody that they're
3: looking that,
2: at because I, because oh, the, they're not,
1: they, they're not bringing him in to uh, you know to to help them in two years.
2: I, I think if I think Caleb Burden absolutely could be your your number two slot guy right now and and potentially even more and and could mm-hmm. you know again like I said it could be a guy you kick to the outside and make plays as well. But like him and Javarius Johnson, I think have a lot of uh, you know a lot of the same kind of kind of. Ability, And there are going to be times on the field where they want to put multiple of those guys on uh, out there and, and turn them loose.
1: We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline as we continue here on the Thursday Drive.
0: Get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome
1: back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Twenty-five minutes away from five o'clock. I'd love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports-wise? All right. You mentioned the uh, Julian Phillips. Let's let's get into that. Sure, uh, Justin. I mean Julian Phillips, the former five-star freshman this past year at Tennessee, into the portal, and we we were we were having conversations about about
2: dates and, yeah, the there's, and a lot of date, there's a lot of dates you got to keep in mind with, with Julian Phillips number one, Julian Phillips is in the transfer portal because if he comes back to play college basketball it probably won't be at Tennessee and the deadline was tonight or last today, night it's today, yeah, tonight yeah, to get in the portal Julian Phillips is still in the draft, he's in the combine next right. week in Chicago and he has until May 31st to pull out of the draft if he doesn't hear the magic words at the combine and, and he, I think he worked out for the it worked out for the Trailblazers today, or something like that. Anyway, Julian Phillips' opinions are very split on him in the draft community. Um, not very many mocks have him as a first rounder, but there are some people who say, in terms of talent, he is a fir- he's a first round talent, and it's going to take him. Going to the combine, shooting the ball better from deep mm-hmm. to probably push him into Which the Which he did that in that, like, high school, but, but he
1: struggled this past year at Tennessee. Projected as a lottery pick out of high school. Which mean right? I mean, stunning.
3: Somebody
2: at Tennessee couldn't shoot this that, year. That, that,
3: that's sort of part, part of the reason this buzz exists is because Julian Phillips was what he was coming out of high school. Sure. And, and not, lab, it's not based on his first year in yeah, Tennessee.
2: In Tennessee, Tennessee, he was fine. Um, I, think, I think defensively, he looked really good at Tennessee last year. Um, you know, statistically, it really stood out to him. But yeah. So here's the thing that you got to keep that in mind. Julian Phillips might not even come back and play college basketball right. next year, so it's no guarantee there. Number two, um, if Julian Phillips was to play at Auburn or any other SEC school, he's going to need a waiver. Now, the thing- that 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 is
1: right now he right. would need a waiver because all right, we were talking yesterday and Jason Jason checked to make sure because I I remember that May first mm-hmm. date that the SEC had put in a while back. That was put in before there was a transfer portal window. window. That was when there was a year-round portal. And that's That's something
2: that could change at the spring meeting. And and I, I
1: heard and then was told again today, it's definitely going away that May 1st well, date is Dan going talk, away Dan
2: talked about that on our podcast this morning it is such a stupid date well if, it if, was
1: it was there because there was no it was it was there because you could enter the portal at any time before the window was there but
2: i think the argument you can make for julian phillips even if you had to get a waiver say you have to get a waiver if you're julian phillips you can say this hey i was in the draft process like I was, I was focused on playing in, playing in the pros, and now that I'm not going to the pros, now you're going to keep me from going somewhere just because I didn't get into in going certain, somewhere in the conference. Just because I didn't get in a date in certain time, and they are so liberal with giving out waivers. Well, the like, it's
1: different though. The
2: NCAA's. Yeah. Liberal, the SEC, the SEC doesn't has like been to do it as much. They, right. they did it in football. They had that run. that well, was those Kentucky guys a couple years ago I, that got cleared.
1: I, I mean, I was I I heard, and then I then I was told that no, the SEC is going to go along with the NCAA because. They had put the May 1st in before the NCAA came up with the 60 days. Yeah, we, yeah. And have, the 60 days is what ends today.
3: And We don't have a situation in, on the record where a player has challenged that May 1st date and tried to stay right. in the league. No. I suspect like, it wouldn't stand up in court. If Julian Phillips really, oh, wanted I don't to push, think it would even get. You know there, what I mean? I like, if if Julian Phillips really wanted to push his eligibility at an SEC school and challenge the SEC to defend this rule, I think eventually they would be like, "All right, it's kind of a silly rule."
1: I would, I like, would think right, exactly. I would think that since Julian Phillips is going to be at the NBA Combine, the SEC meetings, it's going to be really interesting because I think at the SEC meetings it will be made official, if not before then, that he hey, just hey have we're, gonna go, there, we're right, going to go, we're going along with whatever date the NCAA has for entering the transfer. It, it's it
2: just it's it's a bad time time rule with guys who might be going who might be going pro and like anybody who is any good at basketball that has some sort of pro aspirations goes into the yeah. draft
1: process well i mean it 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 wasn't the intent.
2: The, like SEC, the, SEC try, the SEC, the SEC was trying. The was
1: just trying to have a date. No, no, vibe. no it just yeah.
2: It, it just and then and then the NCAA
1: yeah. came along with it's sixty days after sure. selection Sunday, and that happened to run past May first. Now, if if Auburn added
3: Julian Phillips, Justin, mm-hmm. uh, do you, do you think that that would be? I mean. Would, would would that pretty much complete the picture no. roster wise, or do you think they'd
1: still be on the
3: hunt? Would for... you not want
1: Tyron
2: Lawrence? You too? still want Tyron Lawrence right. if yeah. you could get him? Now, there was talk about Tyron Lawrence. Uh, I think Tyron Lawrence. If they get Tyron Lawrence and they can't get Julian Phillips or they don't get Julian Phillips, I think Ty, Tyron Lawrence can play the three for Auburn. I, I really yeah. do. Last season, so he's I, 6'4. I would, just like, I, would like, I would like Julian Phillips to help you on the boards. On the boards. That's the big one. That's why Matthew Cleveland made a ton of yeah. sense. But Tyron Lawrence last year, I mean, Tyron Lawrence is 6'4, 200 pounds. He was a good rebounder last season, percentage wise. Now, some people may look at his numbers and be like, "Oh, he, he only got four or five rebounds a game." Got to keep in mind, Vanderbilt also had Vanderbilt last season had uh, uh, big old dude. Um, I'm blanking on his name now. The yeah, center, Liam you. Robbins, mm-hmm. who gobbled up everything on the defense board. So, like your so your numbers may be a little bit skewed by that. But he's a dude that has rebounded well in his career. He's a good defender. He's a slasher. Um, he's a guy that can put the, the ball on the floor and get to the basket. Good off-ball shooter, catch, catch and shoot guy. It would be more like so. The last couple of years, last few years, you think of threes at Auburn. They've had Alan Flanagan who is six six, Devin Cambridge who is six six, Isaac Cora who is six six. This would be going back to the time when like Samir Dowdy and mm-hmm. Mustafa Heron were playing that. You can make it work two and the three on offense at Auburn. There's not a ton of difference there. Your you're off ball guards. The bigger thing would be on defense and on the boards. Can Tyron Lawrence? Or whoever Auburn gets a three, can they hang with three with threes with wings? Yeah, with on guys defense? that are six six six. And, can they, and they rebound because the the big thing you're losing, like Alan Flanagan, is a really talented player, and you know it'll be, you would love to have him back, but obviously that's not the situation Auburn's in. The biggest thing Alan Flanagan gave you is that he was a plus rebounder at the wing spot. Not very many threes in college basketball rebounded quite like Al did. Tyron Lawrence wasn't far behind on a percentage basis, at least on defensive boards last year. So. It could definitely work. And then, on top of that, you have Chaney Johnson, who is a 3-4, slash four, who will be able to help you out there. So, like, I, you know, I think there are some people who, like, uh, you know, this is going to sound bad, and I have to be very clear up front because I think this guy I'm about to refer to is a really good player and plays a really good role. But there's Auburn fans, you know, th- these last couple of weeks, and be like, are we going to have to start Chris Moore at the 3? And it's like, probably not, but also, like, Chris Moore's a good basketball player. He's a good role player for you. But Auburn's got options. And mm-hmm. when you have Matthew Cleveland on campus saying, yeah, they need somebody to replace Alan Flanagan, like, Auburn's clearly going after it. And, and Tyron Lawrence is one. And Julian Phillips will be one as well. And yeah. I'm, with, I'm with you, uh, Bill. You would have, love to have Julian Phillips because rebounding and defense, I think he is where he's going to get it. Whereas Tyron Lawrence, more of a score, more of an offensive weapon than what Art was last year. Yeah.
1: All right. How do you find enough minutes for everybody? if 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 you got if you got both those guys
2: if you got both those guys then it gets I mean, really what a great
1: problem to have right
2: it gets really interesting in the backcourt cuz then at that point you have six guys you'd want to play maybe um one one through three, seven guys you want to play i should say one through three and then you would have your normal rotation up front um yeah i think you would just have to get a little a little more versatile next year where it's like you know it's not just a strict like 10 man depth chart Chaney Johnson then a four P- potentially i mean I think Cheney Johnson. I think so. I I look at Cheney Johnson as a f- three or a four that is going to give you good minutes without maybe necessarily being a starter. So mm-hmm. if you get, say, you
1: get, it could Ty- be primarily a four who could also play three as opposed to the okay. other.
2: Adding a three. I think if you get, Ty- I think if you get Julian Phillips and you get Ty- uh, Tyron Lawrence. I think Tyron Lawrence is a two three. I think Julian Phillips is a three four. I think Cheney Johnson is a three four. I think you got some versatility. I think Trey dawson 's a one two. I think um, you know, I, I, I think that if you if you had I think Katie Johnson was is probably probably a two two straight up. Two, yeah. If you had Phillips and
3: Lawrence without the five without, star without,
2: point guard you're bringing in can also play two. Yeah, if, if
3: you had if you had Phillips and Lawrence without anybody defecting, I, I think you would look at eleven guys you project as rotation pieces. Most teams aren't rolling it's 11. It's to get 11. Right, but there's 11 veterans. But he's done it before. There's 11 yeah, veterans. Has. Bruce has done it before. That, uh, Phillips and Lawrence would give you 11 veterans and or a five-star incoming freshman who, who look like they're, who, who imagine themselves as pieces <coughs> in the rotation. Will there be 11 guys in in the rotation? Would that be something where someone would, would opt out before upperclassmen would have Maybe. the option to leave? I would wonder Katie Johnson's role if you pick up Phillips sure. and Tyron Lawrence. I won you know the competition for uh, for minutes with Holloway and Donaldson would be tougher because now you'd have another option getting minutes at the two, and so sliding the other guy over wouldn't be as easy. So there'd be there'd be new problems to have sure. if you just but very like,
2: good problems though. for
3: sure. I mean, if you if Auburn missed out on Phillips and Lawrence, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not desirous of that, you know, as, as I that think they an get option. one of two, but but if if Auburn missed out on both of them. The way they'd solve the problem at the three now... Is is fascinating to me because it feels like you'd always be, be you know, w- whether it's Cheney, whether it's KD. Sometimes, if you like the other two options at guard, whether it's Jalen, if you like the other two options in the front court, whether it's Chris Moore, like you suggested. Ever like there are there are different
2: the lineup combinations yeah. you'd see. KD, you would just be going ultra small ball, and uh, Jalen. I think t- it takes Jalen away from where he's where he's at his best. Yeah, the the lineup uh, combinations you would potentially see. It's just depending on it, who they're going to get. Right, like, yeah. They have to get one. Um,
3: it gets less. It, it, it gets sure. uh, less crazy if you throw a wing in there for substantial minutes. And if Auburn adds two impact players yeah, like Phillips and Lawrence, it.
2: That's the dream it, it scenario. Ch- it changes, the, it I changes think, the outlook of the season. I think if you get one of them, you you feel good. I think if you get both of them, you're 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 getting really excited about the uh, uh, about this upcoming season and like the versatility and what what all that could mean for them moving forward. What's your read on
3: Holloway? Like what 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 kind of guard is Auburn getting in in, in the in, in the freshman coming in?
2: A primarily scoring and shooting point guard. Um, he will be. I mean, size wise, he is a point guard. You know, floor general wise. He is not as polished of a point guard, a pure point guard, as like a Wendell Green was, or even a <clears> Trey <throat> Donaldson is, but um, just can can fill it up. And I think in a scenario where you have Denver Jones and maybe Tyron Lawrence as well, and potentially Julian Phillips, although Julian's more of a front, you could flex into the front court more. But say you have a, a scenario next year where you have, um, you know. Katie Johnson and Tyron Lawrence and Denver Jones all playing those backcourt minutes. I think that probably limits Holloway more to to the one. But man, there are scenarios where you could throw him in there and trade Donaldson at the same time, and it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot of fun. Watch this is a pure scorer shooter, one of the best shooters in this class. Um, but you know, I I don't think I, you see five star point guard. And Auburn fans get really, really excited, and they should because he's an mm-hmm. awesome. player. he's not Sharif sure Cooper. It's a it's a very different style that he plays with. He is he is more of a he's more of a of of a scoring and shooting threat uh, than he is a just you know uh, facilitator and, and creator. Um, but the last couple of seasons, especially this past season in high school and AAU, they worked to get him more at the point and get him more like. You know, round out his point guard game because, because of his size, that's probably where he's going to play uh, long term. Um, because you know, if he's a few inches taller, if if ain't is a few inches taller. He's a perfect two, and you just you just put him there and let him rip. But when you're six one, you know your long term future is probably going to be point guard. So you got to do some point guard things. We need to get to our final break of
1: hour number one. Bill, Dan, Justin, Drew at the controls. Come on in here on the Thursday drive.
0: Live on The Drive. (laughs) The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back
1: in. Final few minutes of hour number one of The Drive here on this Thursday. Love for you to join in. Anything uh, Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, let's see. It's uh, still 8-7, so no more runs have scored in, uh, in, in softball today. Auburn and Ole Miss, yeah, Ole Miss had a six-run third. Auburn scored two in the first, Ole Miss six in the third. Auburn back with three in the bottom of the third to cut it 6-5. Uh, the uh, uh, Rebels added a run in the fourth to make it 7-5, but Auburn taking the lead with three in the bottom of the fifth. And as we go to the seventh, Auburn three outs away as they lead it eight to seven. Just six games left
3: in the, uh, in the conference schedule for right. Auburn baseball. They've got the and, uh, series this weekend and the home series
1: next weekend. And, and uh, you know, speaking with, speaking with a few folks, I don't know anyone who is just torn up that Auburn didn't, uh, didn't get to play the Tuesday night game against Sanford because you need every arm you can get. And as Jason was saying yesterday, I mean, oh, miss scored 32 runs in, in their three-game series this past weekend against Missouri. They're, they're really swinging the bat well. They score a lot of runs. They hit a lot of homers in the game there in Oxford and and Auburn's going to go with the uh, same rotation they went with last week. Chase Alsop getting the start tonight. I going to say that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep, Thursday through Saturday, the last two weekends for Auburn. Uh, Chase Alsop on the mound tonight. Tommy Vail will go tomorrow. And then uh, Christian Herberholtz on Saturday.
3: Some uh, some other big SEC series going on in baseball this weekend. South Carolina's at Arkansas. Those two teams are in uh, the top six. Uh, you've got... Uh, Another series featuring Oh Vanderbilt and Florida, Uh, Florida number seven, Vanderbilt number five. LSU drops to two after after losing two out of three this weekend. Wake Forest jumps in the number one spot in college baseball. Louder
2: hasn't lost a game yet this uh,
4: year. Yeah, the the, Demon.
2: They have a they have a really good pitcher who will probably go "Eh, maybe top five. I know it's so tough because those LSU guys are going one two no matter what this year. Yeah. uh... There's the Florida kid that people like too, mm-hmm. the infielder. But yeah, yeah Rhett lauder has been a lot of fun.
3: Oh, Sun, Sun Belt baseball, by the way, Coastal Carolina, the number eight team in the country. They will be a uh, 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 possibly hosting uh, some, uh, some 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 major play this weekend. Coastal won or, the, the College World Series. Yeah, they did.
2: Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Every now and then there's that te- there's a team or something in in college baseball where it's like a really low C se- or low conference team, and they just go on this crazy run. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they rank this year, but I do know there's a lot of uh, momentum or like a lot of good talent coming out of Grand Canyon now. Mm. And I feel like if, you know, they could get a run, that would be interesting. Dallas. That that is a Grand Canyon is a school they literally built just so they could play sports because it was an online school forever. Dallas Baptist has emerged Dallas from kind of out of nowhere to really be a, mm-hmm. a superpower
3: in in college baseball there in the top 25. Again, this year, speaking of the Sun Belt, Southern Miss also in the top 25. Sun Belt, Southern
2: Mississippi. The state of Mississippi is just really good at baseball, just in general, and I thought it was cool when you know Ole Miss wins a national title, Mississippi, Mississippi, and, Mississippi State and, wins a national, but then all, yeah. also Miss uh, Southern Miss just mm-hmm. really, really catching catching a stride is is really cool to see. We were looking at uh, we were looking at the
3: RPI before Troy played Alabama uh, earlier this week, and Troy's just uh, Troy's inside the the bubble. For the college baseball at-large process as well. I mean, if they win the Sun Belt, growing
2: up, growing up, Troy was a really good baseball program. Yeah. them and South would always would always have really good teams. And the Trojans
3: could win the Sun Belt tournament in Montgomery in a couple of weeks. Sun Belt tournament being played at Riverwalk. Nice. Uh, so uh, the, if the if the Trojans win that, they'll punch their ticket. A couple other teams in the Sun Belt would get in to the postseason. But even if Troy doesn't win that thing, I think they've got a chance to make it as an at-large and uh, and they'd be a, you know that's a, that's a team that came up to Auburn and and, and scored a victory at Plainsman Park couple of weeks ago could be a uh, could be a dangerous team from the state in the uh, in the postseason if they make it
1: we're uh, coming up on our top of the hour right just about halfway done here on the thursday drive wide open to an hour number two so come on in and join us
0: 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter.
5: I'm Doug Brown. We've got a Game 6 NBA playoff doubleheader on ESPN tonight, starting with the Celtics and 76ers. Philadelphia leads the series 3-2 for Coach Doc Rivers.
3: You can't be surprised also, and I tell my guys
4: with how hard the other teams are going to play. Like, you just can't be. Desperation is an amazing thing, right? And so you got to really play through that through execution and focus.
5: You can hear more of that Doc Rivers interview during our NBA on ESPN radio coverage, which starts at 7 Eastern. The second game tonight, also on ESPN TV, Nuggets and Suns with Denver leading 3-2. For the Suns, DeAndre Ayton is questionable with bruised ribs, Chris Paul out with a groin strain. The full 2023 NFL schedule will be unveiled tonight, but already we know the new season will kick off Thursday night, September 7th, when the Super Bowl champion Chiefs host the Lions. And four days later on Monday Night Football, New Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers makes his debut at home against the Buffalo Bills.
0: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, and RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at progressive.com or 1 800 Progressive, because it probably can be. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. <laughs>
1: Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill and Dan joined by Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here on this Thursday afternoon. We're uh, we're keeping up with the SEC baseball tournament. Auburn in its uh, opener against the Ole Miss Rebels, and it's been a wild game. Matty Penta, uh, after I mean, uh, a rough start, came back in the ball game. Auburn had fallen behind 6-2, uh, came back and took an 8-7 lead. Ole Miss threatening here in the top of the ninth and seventh. I get so used to It's the last inning, top of the seventh inning, and they have just tied it up on a bases-loaded hit-by-pitch. So it is now eight all in the top of the seventh, and Ole Miss still with the bases loaded. Two outs. Maybe Auburn can get out of this jam. but a, uh, I think Auburn, Auburn going to challenge the uh, – the hit by pitch I don't know Mickey Dean was just out there saying something it's been a tough day for Maddie penta today really has i mean she she started went the first two plus gave up five runs uh came out came back in and has uh has uh now apparently giving up a uh, giving up the the tying run but uh we we'll have we'll have a um review of this play and we'll let you know here in just a little bit. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can join us on the Kia of Auburn hotline Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also
3: text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however
1: you listen to podcasts. Uh, with, with Justin here, we were getting his thoughts on Auburn's additions to the transfer portal. We talked about um, Julian Phillips, the uh tennessee i guess he i guess you can call him former tennessee player now that he's in the transfer portal uh, and in the be, nba draft
2: yeah he'll either be playing pros or, or somewhere, somewhere else. else it probably won't be University of Tennessee next year
1: yeah uh, we
2: didn't talk uh muskrat we no we,
1: we didn't, didn't talk about the yeah the, the last uh the latest edition and he's an interesting one a tackle at tulsa played the right tackle opposite dylan wade for uh, philip montgomery at tulsa and uh, he comes in he, he, you know, he's more your prototypical guard size,
2: especially in the SEC. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think at the very least, he gives you more depth at tackle, and at the very most, he could start for you at guard. I think that's probably where the scenario is there for for Jade Muskrat who. You know, like you said, played opposite of Dylan Wade last year. You would think Gunnar Britton has that lockdown at right tackle next year. So that guard spot's gonna be very interesting to see if they wanted to kinda move him in there and see. He did play on the right side uh, at Tulsa. Like you said, he has guard size. He's played a lot of football. Maybe it's something you can kick inside and and just see in the fall if he's the guy that could start for you. Yeah,
1: where where so where do you project him right now? Right guard makes sense to me. That's what I that's what I was thinking since he played. Right tackle, right tackle right tackle, move just in. move
2: him in right right guard, you would think Jeremiah Wright at left guard would if be, he's healthy that's yeah.
1: that's the thing we've got to see jeremiah get uh, get completely healthy Absolutely. i don 't think there's any doubt that he's in your starting lineup and you'll, if you, he's if he's 100%. and you 'll see
2: you would see Muskrat in that scenario compete with a guy like Tate Johnson mm-hmm. um you know and then uh, at center um you know Avery Jones as well, so like yeah you've got if I you think, could have
1: four transfers and one returnee. In your offensive line,
2: nope, and you needed it. I <laughs> mean, you absolutely needed it uh, on the on the offense. Uh, they uh, they've now landed, uh, I believe it was they've now landed. Is it nine uh, linemen yes. this, in this cycle? Um, they only signed eight in the mm-hmm. last three years combined. And
1: they've, they've got another now. Now he's not a uh, oh the a JUCO guy. typical transfer, but yeah, Markel Bell is on campus.
2: Yeah, that. That's uh, that's somebody that you could you would definitely take if you're Auburn. Um,
1: <laughs> just say hey. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's hey, a guy. see what you got. This this is a guy. And Dan asked in the first hour what you know who of the new players Auburn has brought in um, would be um, a project, and and that's what Markel Bell would be. I mean, he is uh, a, a huge human being who has three years of eligibility.
2: Yeah. And, and he's got that stuff you can't teach, which is be gigantic. Uh, you can, you can develop all the other skills that you need and, and all the, you know, strength, speed, all that agility for the offensive line. But, uh, can't teach being that being that big that's not something no. that's that's something a coach can, can can develop you into so you you
1: can well you can teach you can teach weight you can't yes. teach six can't nine. teach height or no.
2: wingspan that's no. not something you can you can develop yeah so he's on
1: campus along with uh, along with North Texas linebacker Larry Nixon
2: yeah uh linebackers a really interesting spot because they have depth there but they continue to push for somebody cuz i think it's the thing where you would like to have people who have played some and and have that experience kind of come in because next year you go you got Cam Riley who's played a good bit, West Steiner's played a decent bit as well. Um you know, Keyes played a good bit for for Ole Miss last year. But we were talking about Tolan earlier. That's a project for the most mm-hmm. part. And then it's like, okay, who else? Robert Woodyard would be a great great for Auburn. Yeah, Eugene Asante. Eugene Asante, maybe,
1: you know. You know, here's what I'm here's what I was wondering. I I was thinking if you get if you get Larry Nixon, um then, Great
2: linebacker name, by the way. Oh, oh, it
1: is. But if you get Larry Nixon, would that allow you to work Cam Riley a little more at the edge? Potentially, I mean, since there's, some, sure. you know, I'm, you know, the haven't really heard much lately, except it doesn't look as likely on Isaac Ukwu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're not gonna, yeah. if you're not gonna get him, then maybe Cam is a guy that could uh, focus a little more on being a pass rusher and give you that experienced other guy at linebacker.
2: Yeah, I think there's a scenario where you like you get into a third down package for Auburn and you have like Marcus Harris and another Messiah Nassila-Kite would make sense. Have those guys on the inside. You can see Jalen McLeod out there on the edge and, and Cam Riley on the edge mm-hmm. and then float another linebacker or two in the middle. And what you have is you could have your coverage options and then you just have this really flexible pass rush package in there and Cam Riley would make a ton of sense. I think Auburn would prefer... Oh wow! I think Auburn would prefer to keep um, Cam Riley at box linebacker as much as possible and kind of develop him in the in the system. But um, we did see a couple of times in the spring where they were testing out some stuff where you had a, you had a linebacker over there on the because this is a this is a defense where they're going to blitz a lot. They're going to they're going to sim. They're going to um, do a lot of different things. Drop guys and and, and whatnot. So um, inside linebackers, defensive backs are all going to get involved in the pass rush. But Cam Riley is Cam Riley is about as natural of a pass rusher as you can have without being a pass rusher. Right. That's what he played in high school and 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 is and has definitely got the frame for it.
1: All right and while we were talking uh, the SEC reviewing the hit by pitch, they overturn it. It just became a ball and then Matty Penta gets the strikeout to end the ball game. Wow. Auburn wins eight to seven. Come from
3: behind win for Auburn. They were down six two earlier in the game. They rally back eight seven the final score Man. and Auburn
2: and Ole wins. Miss, and Ole Miss was a team that beat LSU yesterday. Um, you know, mm-hmm. she's usually a pretty good, pretty good softball team. So, like, this is a, a good, good step forward for Auburn. it's another
1: step toward looking like they they could host. Sure. Um, I mean, they you would think they you would think they'd be in really good shape. Now.
2: Be in really good shape because when you play in the SEC, you're going to be in the tournament pretty much no matter what. Yeah, you're in the but semifinals now. You're you finished
1: third in the regular season, and you're in the semifinals. It's hard to imagine they they aren't going to be hosting. And Auburn will face the winner of the Georgia South Carolina game.
3: Uh, Georgia's a, had a
2: great year. That's coming up that's next. A, that's Georgia's been a really good team.
3: Georgia's the two seed in the in the tournament. Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida the other four teams in the uh, in the draw still alive. Tennessee the one seed in the tournament.
1: Yeah, so Auburn wins. Uh, I mean, and in a, in a rough game. Man, this tells you. I mean, four to third innings, seven hits, four walks. Four hit batters. Well, actually, three hit batters. They changed that back. But, I mean, um, 14 yeah. base runners in four and a third innings against Maddie Penta. Five earned runs. That makes her seasoned, her seasoned ERA skyrockets to 1.12.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think two things. Number one, that's insane, but that shows you how good Maddie Penta's <laughs> been this year. And number two... It says a lot about a team when your ace and a potential SEC pitcher of the year does not have a good game at all, and you still, still can win. Will. I mean that yep. that that says a lot about this team, and hey, good for Auburn softball. I mean, heading in the right direction. We talked about it in the first hour. They're going to host uh, the SEC tournament here next year, right. um, but you know, obviously the 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 Clint Myers era and everything that went down there, and the the what uh, you know Mickey Dean had to inherit and build back up. Um, it was always going to be tough, and it kind of felt like the last few seasons this program was kind of, kind of in a holding pattern of are they going to make that jump up? When are they going to get, kind of get to be a little bit more well rounded? Uh, and, and this year, I mean, three seed in the SEC when they were picked to finish ninth, uh, and like you said, a really good shot to, to host a regional. I mean, that's that's such such good progress, and uh, it was. Uh, Mickey Dean and his staff should be commended because they, they've had to stick out through a lot um, you know, in the, in their time here at Auburn. Yeah,
1: an outstanding. So Auburn 16-8 and eight in the regular season in the conference and now winning their first game to get to the semifinals here in the SEC tournament. 334-321-1390, that's the number to get you through here, uh, the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Justin, while we've got uh, a little bit of time before we get to our first break, talk about what's been going on and what's coming up on the Auburn Observer and how folks can uh, can get it if they're not.
2: Yeah, it's been a really fun week. Um, did a film room breakdown on Peyton Thorn, uh, and I'm sure we can talk talk some about about that because yeah, uh, we really haven't. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, Walker Kessler uh, getting to getting to be first team All Rookie this year in the NBA and just kind of a rare air. I went back through all of the rookie seasons, the best rookie seasons by former Auburn players, and honestly, if you look at the numbers. It's 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 uh, Walker Kessler and Charles Barkley as the be- as the best, and kind of seeing the head-to-head comparisons really really fascinating. And some of the stats on Walker from that year in Utah were just wild when you look at kind of the company he was in. Uh, and then um, yesterday did a breakdown of how many you know we, we talked about this. Auburn's got sixteen incoming transfers, twenty outgoing transfers, so mm-hmm. more out than in in terms of people. But I went back and back through. They've had a net gain of over 11,000 snaps on offense and defense. Um and just kind of looking at how the everywhere on the field except for defensive back. We'll see we'll see what Auburn does at DB because Hugh Freeze said that's that's something they might uh attack in the portal. Everywhere on the field they've come out in front. By a large margin in terms and, of experience, and it's, and
1: it's not like the thing is it's not like they don't have any experience returning a defensive no, back either. I mean, exactly that, that, that was probably yeah. the most experienced position or group that Auburn had coming yeah. in uh, coming back.
2: Now, a lot of this experience and a lot of this production they brought in, group of five guys. You're gonna there's going to be an adjustment. You know, it's it's different, and like we said earlier, Hugh Freeze is going to want to build this team through through high school, but. In terms of flipping a roster, man, they, they, they did a lot of good work with that. Had a podcast today with uh, me and Dan and Adam Cole of the OA News. You can check out. Tomorrow will be a mailbag. So a lot of good stuff going on. AuburnObserver.com, sign up. at $6 a month or $60 a year, so you can read all those stories, get anything new we've got coming in. We've got the football tracker, the basketball tracker going strong as well. Um, Check it out.
3: He's a sweet kid, Adam Cole. He does a good, good does a good job at, at the OA News and uh, and, and keeps. So he, he's been been at most of the baseball games. Yep. Uh, this year, so he's been uh, been covering that team uh, really closely. And it's been uh, it, it was nice to uh, to talk to him about everything going on in the world of Auburn sports.
2: Yeah, we can talk Peyton Thorne. There's, yeah, let there's, there's, there's some Peyton Thorne back. numbers I, l- I would like to discuss a little bit more. Yeah, we, we'll do that. I'd love
1: to hear from you as we continue here on the Thursday Drive.
0: Drive continues. 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 continues, continues, continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email TheDrive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this. Thursday afternoon, 19 minutes after five o'clock. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson, Drew at the controls, and as you heard, yeah, you can join us. Love to hear from you, uh, but but yeah, we're gonna get into and wanted to get uh, hear some of Justin's thoughts after uh, you know looking at at film of Peyton Thorn. I've I've seen some. Uh, hey, kudos to uh, to to Doug Amos uh, and and the Max Roundtable, which. Was on earlier today here on ESPN 1067 as, as Doug and Charlie were at the um, Lutzie 43 uh, golf tournament up in the uh, uh, Foundation's golf tournament up in uh, Silicaga today. And, uh, you know, Mike Lutzenkirchen was there talking about uh, his relationship with Auburn's new quarterback and his family. You know, Mike, Lutzen, uh, Mike Lutzenkirchen, uh, Phillips' dad, saying, uh, pointing out that that he played for Peyton's grandfather uh, in high school and and knew Peyton's father, who is a a longtime um, coach. Well, I mean, actually, Peyton's dad took over for his grandfather at uh, North Central, a a uh, at, at uh, a Division three school, won a national yeah. championship yeah. in twenty nineteen. And uh, has known the family for for a long, long time, and was just talking about what an outstanding person he is, as well as being an outstanding quarterback. And uh, Justin, you've you've uh, obviously been doing a lot of checking since the word came out yep. last Friday when you when you were on. That was the day that uh, Peyton Thorne made his announcement that he was transferring to Auburn. Yeah,
2: I've heard. All the same kind of stuff. From I uh, have a couple of friends of mine who have covered Michigan State, and and one who covered Thorne. Pretty, uh, you know, uh, his twenty twenty one season, he was really involved. I covered Michigan State that year, and yeah, always have heard the same thing. The fact that he was a two time team captain. Uh, at yeah. Michigan State. So, As a sophomore and junior. Yeah, that's a pretty that's pretty impressive, but yeah, I heard a lot of great things about him, and I think Auburn is... Uh, I think he's going to... We'll see how the battle goes. We'll see how everything mm-hmm. goes in the fall, but I think he's going to be a, a really good fit for what, what Auburn's wanting to build. But yeah, did the film room earlier this week on uh, on um, uh, Peyton Thorne, and uh, here's, a, here's a fun little thing. This is how, this is how I started it, um, so for those who haven't read it, um, I'm going to put Two hypothetical quarterbacks out here for you in the transfer portal. Uh, the first one uh, went twelve and one in thirteen starts. He averaged eight point nine one yards per attempt, which would have been top ten nationally last year, uh, and he had a three to one touchdown to interception ratio in those games. Uh, quarterback B went five and seven, six point three six yards per attempt, which is not a great number towards the bottom of the, of the FBS, and a touchdown to interception ratio of one point seven. And so those are two hypothetical quarterbacks in the transfer portal. And here, here's who was the, who was the first one again? What was, what were the first twelve ones? and one with th- twelve and one and thirteen starts? Was it last season the quarterback did this last? No, year no, no, no. He's just, he's just he's just giving you these. Okay. Yeah, yeah. eight point nine one yards per attempt, uh, three to one touchdown interception. Nah, right I trip. know, I
1: know what. Uh, yeah. yeah, I read this, so yeah. I know what it is. So
2: here it is, Peyton. Th- the 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 two quarterbacks are both Peyton Thorne, yeah, right? Option A is Peyton Thorne, in games when Michigan State ran for at least 150 yards during his career there. And option B is when they did not hit that mark. Because people have been talking about, oh, look at what he did in 2021 compared to 2022. Last year, when Michigan State could run the ball, he played well as well. There's a couple of exceptions on either end, but... That's the thing, you know, the, the, the one thing I keep hearing over and over and over again about Peyton Thorne, uh, from people who've covered him and people who've watched him is just like, when they run the ball, the dude can go to work because his skill set plays off of a good running game really well. They, when they had Kenneth Walker, they thrived. This is a guy who has a great deep ball, great first down passer, great red zone passer, uh, in in his career and play action on play action in 2021. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And so, you look at that, and you look at Auburn and yeah, think... you've got to
1: buy the play-action. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. And it, there's got to be the an- threat.
2: Analytics will tell you, oh, you just you, you don't have to be great at running the ball to be effective in play-action. But, man, it, it helps you a whole lot better oh, yeah. when you do. Otherwise, there's no reason if, for... If,
1: if you're not worried about
2: the run, then, you're sit then all and, you're doing is wasting
3: time with the play-action. You just,
2: you're, just your, you're just letting your pass rush get, right. uh, get, get home. Quicker. And an
3: offense that can't run the football might have larger problems on the offensive line, too. Yes, like
2: Michigan State. Yeah, yes, they're, they're, Last year had five healthy linemen in fall camp uh, on the offensive line.
3: Occasionally, there are situations where a team can't run the football, but they have an offensive line that's excellent at pass protection. Bill, that's not always the case. Sometimes no. you, sometimes you can't run the football. It's because you have bigger problems on your offensive yep, line. That's right. Now, now, one thing I would wonder about Peyton Thorne is sometimes how your quarterback is performing impacts how you're running the football because if a defense isn't respecting the quarterback's arm if a defense doesn't view the quarterback as a threat they're going to key in more
1: on the run game it's hard to believe that's going to be the case with a guy that's 60 plus percent it, passer who can throw a deep as well as exa- he
3: does. And and the number of pro- the number of things that changed from 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 the 2021 season to the 2022 season indicates that I don't think Peyton Thorne was the only reason Michigan State stopped being able to run the football uh, in, in the 2022 season, especially when they were able to run the football with Peyton Thorne in the game in 21. I mean, there, I, I keep coming back to the Stidham comparison because we saw a quarterback who became a lot less effective because Auburn couldn't run the football as well. And there were probably bigger offensive line issues going on in 2018 as well that impacted not just Auburn's ability to run the football in 2017, but Auburn's ability to run the football in 2018, and Auburn's ability to protect Jarrett Stidham in 2018. I I keep thinking it's strikingly, you used used that term, Bill, you said it was... Yeah, the numbers numbers are strikingly It is crazy,
2: it is crazy, that kind of comparison, because Dan, as you pointed out, uh, if Jarrett Stidham was in the portal right now, everybody would be like, "Yeah, we'll take that." Oh, like, yeah, post Auburn, yeah, post Auburn, Jarrett Stidham. If he had not yep. gone pro and he would have been in the portal, he'd be like, "Yeah, take it, absolutely." And very similar. Now, you know, Michigan State didn't win the East, uh, didn't you? Know, didn't play for a conference title, but other than that, it was his his first season at Michigan State as a starter. Strikes very similar to. Um, you know, Stidham's first yeah. season at Auburn. Um, and, and you keep thinking about not just
3: the fact that LSU had two subpar seasons and then went out and found, among other things, a new head coach and a new quarterback in the portal and turned it into an SEC West winning team in one year. Yeah. But you think about recent seasons where Auburn's had a quarterback that wasn't on the roster the year before as as the starter in in game one, you know Bo Nix in 2019, which you know wasn't wasn't a championship season, but closer than people realize. When you think about those three
2: games. I mean, and, yeah, they were, they were top ten. They were top ten in uh, SP plus by the yeah, end of the year. I mean Auburn was one of the team.
3: Auburn, especially in an expanded playoff field, that 2019 Auburn team. Oh yeah, walks of, into the playoff. Got a very different season. Yeah. 2017, Jared Stidham, mm-hmm. new quarterback, shows up and and Auburn goes
2: from. Eight and four or seven? And five. I forget the twenty sixteen record. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. They were eight and five. Eight and five. Eight, and eight, and eight and five after yeah. the Sugar because, Bowl, right? Because mm-hmm. for some reason they got a Sugar Bowl bid at eight and four. That's yep. it's still one of the most baffling. Eight and that That's and, gone. And maybe a team people
3: thought could be a I got quarterback a nice pullover
2: out of it though. Hmm.
3: Could, yep. could be a quarterback
2: away from something. A little I, bit, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of New Orleans as a, con- a general concept, but you know, I, I ate well down there. That's oh, always that's oh, always a great. I point. have
1: I have no problem at all with the uh, with the Big E's. Yeah,
3: no. I, mean, I guess I 13 don't. would also qualify as a year where Auburn added a quarterback that wasn't on the roster the year before. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a t- there was Shoot, a- he wasn't even there in the spring. No, and, if you want to play another comparison, and and there was a new head coach on the team yeah. in 2013. Just- now,
2: now, Dan, this is where this is where I address something that was asked in my mailbag for tomorrow. That are along those same lines. You just mentioned LSU being a quarterback away, and then you know getting a new coach winning the SEC West. Auburn did it in 2013. What's the big difference between Auburn in 2023 and LSU in 2022, and Auburn in 2013?
3: The the recruiting classes the last couple of years. Yeah. Yep.
2: Because that 2013 team at Auburn, the the previous four recruiting classes, there was a top five class, two more top ten classes, and a number eleven class. Yeah. Auburn has not been, I think, their highest in, they had a le- the 11th class in 2020. And maybe a 14. It's like 14, 18, and 18, I think. It's a big difference. It and, is. And it L- is. And LSU. But you didn't have the training. You didn't have
1: the transfer portal back then, and that's one thing that it's it's been. It's but been LSU, amazing.
2: that was. I mean, why was LSU able to turn around so quickly? Because yeah, LSU, they had They're talent. going to. They're going oh, yeah. to. Although
3: they they did have. I mean, first of all, they they overachieved even for LSU standards by winning the West last year. No, oh, nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody. You know, thinking back at Media Days last year, no, I don't know if anybody was nobody. About, I don't know if anybody was going to stand up and say this LSU team is not going to lose to another SEC West team all season. They're going to win every. Game against the SEC West like that uh, takes and I think some of it too was I mean yes they recruited well in in the previous yeah it
2: helps to have a Harold it, Perkins on ex- your yeah, team
3: extremely well to have some to, I mean I mean Keyshawn Boutte looked like I mean it, although although he didn't it, play at all did, He yeah. didn't really have a season we think he not didn't have a season that we yeah. thought he didn't have a season no. at all was he, was
2: he drafted I, I, uh, I, yes I, I was gonna say I mean, he he, he felt, fell he fell he fell way fell down but
3: he he got drafted a lot a lot further than people were necessarily thinking but but also uh, LSU. Did rely not just the quarterback, other huge acquisitions from the portal, right? I mean, three offensive linemen yeah. started started on that team yep. that had that had joined the team. Two
1: transfers and a freshman, right? I mean, it's
3: even even yeah. for a team that had recruited like that. Brian Kelly had to go out and find impact players sure, sure. at different spots. I'm just saying, the,
2: the foundation is a lot different. But Auburn has narrowed the which gap. Which is why Auburn, which is why Auburn has, you know, w- which is why Auburn has used the transfer portal and gotten a bunch of guys. But again, the, these bunch of guys were. You know, dudes who are trying to make a jump up, trying to make a rise for the most part. For the most others. part.
1: I mean, Caleb Burton, not.
2: Caleb but, Burton, definitely <laughs> not. Uh, Demar Tolan, definitely not. No. Uh, but most of those guys. So it's like it is, it is different. This is more of a, this is what you're trying to build in year one. This is a setting the tone kind of thing. Whereas, looking back, the 2013 team, they just needed to get back to running the Gus on offense, mm-hmm. get the quarterback they needed, and have some... Have some have some things fall their way, but I mean, you got to remember that 2013 team. You know they were monsters at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, you know Auburn had a national championship to recruit off of. Yeah, some of the, a lot of those guys were still. there. Yeah.
2: nothing like having D D Ford and Gabe Wright on that team, and oh, by the way, here's here's two five stars and a high four star that are going to come in and play for you as a true freshmen.
1: All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Still plenty of time for you to join in, in the final half hour here on the Thursday Drive.
0: Welcome back into the drive. Final
1: 25 minutes here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, and let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, guys. I just had two quick questions. Number one, um, I'm understanding that Auburn's apparel deal uh, with Under Armour expires in September. I think the the negotiating window expires September 1, 2023. So I was curious. Uh, where we may stand on that. I'd love to see Bruce Pearl actually be able to recruit under the Knights, uh, logo, even though my entire closet is Auburn Under Armour. <laughs> and a second, and a second one, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but I heard some chatter. There's some internal conflict in, in regards to on to victory and NIL money. Um, as far as, uh, schools, schools, uh, different programs, uh, competing over NIL money, there's been some internal conflict on that. I wonder if you guys had heard any of that. That's all I got. Appreciate the call, John. No, You know, I mentioned yesterday, I just said folks were wondering, is there as much uh, available uh, basketball-wise as there is football? I don't know the answer to that, but I've not heard that there really is conflict. I mean, the thing is, contributors can, in many cases, designate where they want that money to go. And I, I was just saying, there is... Much more interest in football right now, and and rightfully push, yeah. so, um, because you of, need more. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so I, so I don't know, but I hadn't heard anything about there being problems.
2: No, and, and I think I think when you miss out on a guy like Matthew Cleveland and NIL definitely was a big deal. Oh, because sure. it's Miami, but also Miami just went to the Final Four too. Like they're they're really good basketball programs. But no, I I I'll be honest, um, I, I don't. Deal a whole lot in nil. Uh, usually, I try to stay away from from that as as much. I like you want to be aware, sure, uh, but I have not heard anything kind of internally about that. But I do yeah. know, I do know those rumors have been out there. I know fans have been talking about that for a while. As 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 it relates to the Under Armour deal, yeah. uh, yes, the exclusive uh, window. Uh, I believe uh, Clint Richardson wrote, or wrote that today or tweeted that today. the window expires in September. Which what that means is is that Auburn could talk to other people officially by then, right? You know, the the deal isn't expired. Then they wouldn't convert, but it would be it would be very close after that. And, um, and Ross, just just saw Notre, just saw Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, yeah,
3: Notre, Notre Dame Dame's doing that right Ross now. Ross Dellinger yeah. wrote a story about Notre Dame uh, going uh, leaving, yep. leaving Under Armour earlier. Uh, uh, I guess it was earlier this year. Yeah, the, the contract uh, expired, and, and Notre Dame's is going to look for a new uh, apparel uh, deal. Uh, Under Armour also uh, ended. This is from the the Ross Dellinger story. <laughs> Under Armour uh,
2: getting out of it.
3: Uh, Under Armour is seemingly withdrawing from being a major player in college athletics. They have canceled their deals with UCLA, Cal, Hawaii, Cincinnati, and Boston College, among other schools. Uh, Boston College uh, went with New Balance and Adidas. Adidas is—they used to be uh, a New Balance school back in the day. Yeah, Adidas is a school that's a a, a company that has been picking up the slack along with Nike uh, in the in the aftermath. Some of these schools are going uh, with Adidas instead. Uh, It's believed that Under Armour uh, is is paying Auburn uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of ten million dollars. A year on no. top of the uh, on, on top of the apparel uh, that's being provided. The, which stock, is,
2: the big thing about Auburn was they had its stock. Uh, you know the 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 contract uh-huh. and Under Armour stock did not do very it, well. Under, right under now Armour after stock
3: that. is about twenty five percent of what it was in twenty nineteen. Uh, right wow. now, right now it's yeah. trading for it about is, it, about eight bucks a share. It was it, tw- it was it 20, tanked it was clo- hard. The
2: to thir- only, really, really the only thing keeping that company high afloat is Steph Curry right now. Like Steph Curry's shoes. Which they've gotten better and better each year, but that's that's really what's in the apparel game. That's what's other than like, that's what's keeping Under Armour from being like just a traditional like we just make be, active wear between kind of, be, kind
3: of between company. crypto and Under Armour. Steph's made some questionable uh, choices. Oh yeah, absolutely. Who
2: he's absolutely signing up with, but uh, but no, it gets the, uh, a lot of money for ABC for that mini golf show. Though. So,
3: so I wonder if um, if <laughs> if. Auburn would be. I don't know when the timeline would be on Auburn. Maybe going with you know if we found out Auburn was going. If with they get in a
2: negotiating window and, and Auburn wants to go in a different direction, from what I have. Heard is that it wouldn't be very long after? Yeah, okay. could be I can't like imagine a, it would a take quick care of buyout, like a quick buyout of whatever was left on the Under Armour deal uh-huh. and move on. Much and like I, Cal, but it's like it's the same thing that happened with Cal and uh, UCLA was another great yeah. example. They get to the end of it and say, "Okay, we're done with you. Um, we'll just go ahead and go go on and move Under on." Under Armour's
3: Under Armour split with UCLA got litigious because UCLA yes. said you owe us tens of millions of dollars, and Under Armour said, "No, we don't." I think if a judge eventually said, "No, UCLA's right. You do owe. In yeah. fact, you do owe them." About seventy million dollars. I think Auburn's a prominent enough program that if if Auburn uh, became available on the yeah. market for apparel, apparel providers, I don't think Russell Athletic would get back in the game. Dang. But I do th- as much as I love those football uniforms. Yeah. Uh, but Cotton I, ha- I, ha- I think Nike, I think Adidas, and I think Jordan possibly even would yeah, all, and, and would with all...
2: Jordan and with Jordan being a subset of Nike. Yeah. Yeah, um, although it, the schools are very
3: prickly about that, right? Like if you're a sure. Jordan brand school, Florida, Oklahoma, UNC, you wear, you wear just Jordan. Yeah, you, stuff. you are a Jordan and, brand and, school, and, and so.
2: Jordan makes. Stuff in every sport now. Like if you're a Jordan brand school, you can wear Jordan baseball stuff. You and there have, Jordan been, there have been there
3: have been concerns that Jordan would only want to be affiliated with one school per league, but with Oklahoma, just, with, I, yeah, I but with Oklahoma coming to the SEC, that's not going to be I an think issue. That's a, I,
2: I, I think that's just, just a coincidence the way, or just something. Yeah, over yeah. I
3: think Jordan was. I think at the moment Jordan sponsors one one sure. school and five conferences. Well, that's
2: right. a
1: way. So, that's a way to get. That's a way to you know get into department. everyone but before that, you start. Before you start having multiples in a conference,
3: right? And Oklahoma coming to the SEC right. will mean they'll have two in the SEC. Right. So I don't know if that would be a hand. I don't, I don't if, know that if, that, would, that especially, would. Especially, especially be. for a program like Auburn. Like uh, I, just, I think that if, if Auburn were interested, in, you know, if there was interest on both sides, I don't. think would stop it.
2: I will say this as well. Like Adidas would definitely be a player cuz Adidas spends a lot of money on this and Adidas has got mm-hmm. just as
3: much money as Nike does um a big percentage of my Troy, of my uh, of my wardrobe is just Adidas Troy gear you're <laughs> currently wearing
2: a, an Adidas hat in, in um back, and, a, and, a hoodie. and a hoodie yeah um so but what I've what I've heard um there is there there are some people at Auburn that would prefer Nike and there are people who have been affiliated with Auburn who would prefer Nike. And it's not just a style or branding thing. But one of the things that always gets brought up, and this was brought up very recently uh, by one of the people involved, uh, is uh, Charles Barkley and Bo Jackson have deals with Nike. So when they come to Auburn and they do stuff at Auburn, they cannot wear Auburn stuff that has the Under Armour logo on it. So if you ever see like Chuck or Bo, they're on the sidelines. They're either wearing their Nike stuff or they're wearing like a generic like, yeah. blue or orange. <clears throat> There, there are people at Auburn who have brought it up and have, and have made a thing and said, Hey, if we go back open again, wouldn't it be nice if our two biggest athletes ever would be able to rep our stuff? Did I see a
3: story about Bo Jackson having hiccups for the last week? Yes, yes, he said that. that, that when he was, was at the Regions yesterday, oh, yesterday no. I heard him talking about it. How long would you last, Bill, before you had to be involuntarily
1: oh, committed? God, it wouldn't be a year. No, I can tell you that. There's no way, man. No no mean, way. No,
3: yeah, I, I, I mean, a week? I don't know. I mean, if I had the hiccups for a week? I like to think I'd make it two weeks. I got taught, but,
2: I got taught a trick of drinking water like, semi-upside down. Like, kinda, oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. That, and that has almost a 100% hit rate for me. So I don't know what Bo has been doing I mean I've had, that I've had
1: I've had the hiccups for hours, oh, a man. couple of times, but I mean it hasn't been more than like a couple. And I will, yeah, you know, I've, I've been able worst. to figure things. Yeah, oh, you're I, right.
3: I've been told, yeah, deep deep breaths, non carbonated fluids, and swallow go, while and you're gum, holding your breath. I I've done a
2: whole
1: lot of yeah. things.
3: Yeah, the, the
2: drinking lot. while you're like tilted upside down is, is all, is, all the best the to one. Bo though, because that's that sounds oh, like a nightmare.
1: a nightmare. That that is. How do you do anything at that point? Nope, I can't imagine, man. I'm just I going would, in with I the would be a, and saying, can I get a I new would float a or something? I like? Bo
3: Jackson spoke at my commencement from Auburn University. Did not have the hiccups during no, that that was speech. a little while ago. It's, it's been, been more than a little, year. It was, Damn, it was a while, more, yeah, a but yeah. the timeline checks out on his story. Yeah,
2: uh, hey. uh, My graduation speaker was, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name, uh, worked for the NFL. Michelle McKenna.
3: There you go. Currently on the board for?
2: WWE, she is on, she
3: is on, oh dear, she is on, she is on,
2: (laughs) yes, oh dear, yes, current board member for WWE, oh dear, that, that has some issues, great, all right, Um,
1: Uh, I was going to say, all right, so we had, uh, John was, was asking about NIL and everything, and I thought, you know, uh, while we've got a little bit, I thought it was interesting that you, uh, that you finally have a player talking about NIL, you see where where Hunter Dickinson said Yeah. Yeah. He said look, he loved he he he, he, uh, uh, he
2: loved Michigan. He
1: loved Michigan but he was he was getting He was losing money. Getting less he was and for a guy getting
2: like, less than six figures. And for a guy like Hunter Three-time Dickinson.
1: three time all big ten guy,
2: all and for, American. And for a guy like Hunter Dickinson, this might be his best earning potential because Hunter Dickinson is a very good basketball player. Probably not a guy who's gonna have a long and, and lucrative career in the NBA. He, no. might, he might. He might he might stick around for a while, but like He's one of those dudes where I was when NIL first became a thing, I was thinking about the Hunter Dickinson of the world. I, obviously, Oscar Sheba has been a poster yep. child for it, but I think the 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 example I always go back to is think about how many Ohio State quarterbacks who are like the kings of college football, that guy that just had no NFL future at all, just were not going to stick. If they could have made their money then, like it makes sense. So guys like Hunter Dickinson, guys like those old Ohio State quarterbacks, like it makes sense. Like if you're not going to be a prototypical. Awesome pro as as you were an awesome college player. Get your money now because oh, this, yeah. this is your only chance to get to get it at, at this point.
1: Now now he, Just now he didn't say how much he's getting, but uh, but but there 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 are a lot of people that feel like it's it's around three hundred thousand dollars he's getting this year, where he was only getting only getting eighty at Michigan a year and ago. And
2: we were talking John also making up kind of the internal conflict. There. I mean, there's been talk of that at Michigan because football has been yep. taking up all of it at Michigan. Or as, as, it is, as it has been
3: portrayed. It sounds great. It sounds great to say you're in everything school. But the fact is, most fan bases want a national championship in football more than a national championship in men's basketball. There are a handful of fan bases yeah. in big-time athletics where the fan base would want a national championship in men's basketball more than a national championship in football. Are,
2: and I don't the, think Auburn's there. And, and those I don't are think the progr- Auburn's there where they
3: I, want one in men's basketball more than I think one those in football.
2: Programs, I think those are the programs who have done it before and have done mm-hmm. it a lot of times. You know, oh, in men's basketball, yeah. Yes, I'm, sure if, are, I'm sure if Kansas are. could wake up tomorrow and win mm. the national championship of football, they
1: think it would be awesome. But yeah. I don't know. I've heard a lot of Kentucky fans say, "All right, they've won the they won the basketball ones. They love a, a football I, one." I
3: wonder the ones that are making the big difference in, N, in NIL do that, donations. Well. I have a feeling they want the basketball championships. Like I'm thinking places like Kentucky, Duke. Kansas, if you want to throw Arkansas uh, in there because UCLA. that fan base, UCLA would, would Man, be Man, if UCLA
2: could win another national title. In- Indiana. You know how excited they in- would be in- to get back. Indiana, yeah. Indiana,
3: Indiana. Would, oh, Indiana to would love, yeah. Syracuse. In- Indiana's in there. Uh, maybe some of the Big East powers mm-hmm. from back in the day. Your, your UConn, your St. John's, Georgetown. Uh, I mean, some of those I places. Georgetown. They're, not, not, yeah, they're not, not worried about winning a football title. St. John's yeah, those, those
2: schools. Yeah, ch- it's cheating to pick the Big East. Marquette. Marquette's not worried about it. Uh, Villano- Villanova does play, Villanova's a really good FCS. I think I, no, don't I think know. some of those some of those places are playing deep D,
3: yeah FCS football or D
2: two. football. I know Villanova I, does. I don't think Marquette plays football, no. and I'm pretty sure Georgetown doesn't play football no. either.
3: I think Georgetown not playing football had to do with Allen Iverson ending up there, right? Or something to do with like you that was a place where or did he they was, ever
1: play football? That, that's I what I mean. That.
3: Like the fact that they didn't play football, like he was he was thinking first about uh, places that were going to allow him to play quarterback too, and that was that had hurt Georgetown in the in the recruitment that he was thinking maybe.
2: That's the one. There's some uh, I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was it was a while back, and they were like, like, what's the one? It was a prompt. Like, what's the one sports opinion that you can never prove, but you believe with all your heart? And it's somebody who's saying if Allen Iverson would have committed just to playing football, he'd have been a top ten pick in the NFL draft. And it's like people who watched Iverson play quarterback in high school were like fully convinced he was going to be the dude. I think
3: Bill Simmons once said, and I rarely quote Bill Simmons for any purpose, but Bill Simmons get, I think once said, call. I think he said that if Iverson had. He's he's so he's so blown away by Iverson's athleticism that he's convinced that if Allen Iverson had decided at age four or age five he was going to become America's greatest soccer player ever he probably would have been able to pull it off hmm. like that he's right. that he's that yeah. kind of athlete and that kind of
2: uh, and, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was a really good soccer player growing up yeah yeah I believe that was I believe uh, I think it's Odell I know it's one of the LSU receivers and I'm pretty sure it's Odell yeah I mean. If you got it, you got it. Really, but yeah. But with the thing with Iverson, though, with the, with football, it was just like he was. Yeah, awesome he was. In, in, he was. I love football. those.
3: I love those dual sports stories like that. There was, um, was it? Remember Chase Buttinger, Remember the the basketball player? Yeah. For, for, so he was he was America's greatest uh, when he was a high school senior. He was the top men's volleyball player in America, and he was an okay basketball player, but his athleticism was like off the charts. And he took a scholarship to play men's basketball at yeah. Arizona mm-hmm. instead of, he, he gave up on volleyball to, to pursue a
2: basketball like, career. Because, like, if you're the best men's volleyball yeah. player, it's like, oh, I could play in the Olympics one day, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to make, you're not, you know, you don't he have to make money, money, money he making, making money. He, was, he
3: was the He was like the LeBron James of men's volleyball. Like, he'd been an for, indoor for, volleyball, not, for, even, yeah. not even beach volleyball, for, where, for like, he at least
2: has a little bit of a pro league and a, and a presence for, where you can make some money. For years, he was considered, like,
3: the top volleyball player America produced and he was like oh imagine if he if he sees it through and it's like no I'm gonna go play college basketball and go to the Uh, NBA uh, even if if it doesn't mean
2: he's the greatest NBA player uh, is it um, oh man Uh, Charlie Ward yeah Yeah. that like that story and that uh, like it would not exist anymore. And Iverson's a, Iverson's kind of a rare rare be- Kyler Murray was the closest I think we've we've gotten to this point of like, oh, you could have been it in multiple sports or in the case of Wardsworth like you were it in yeah. multiple sports.
3: Oh, a big-time point guard starting as quarterback at like a Power 5 school and, and not, being, and, a not starting, and, being yeah. a, and being a And then later becoming yeah.
2: the point guard for the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 but Everybody's so specialized, especially in certain sports where it's like... Basketball's a great example. That's where Ward's kind of crazy. Because in basketball, if you're going to play college basketball, by the time... If you're really, really good... By the time you're midway through high school, you don't need to be playing football anymore. You don't need to be bringing that 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 excess kind of hits on you. Like who's the kids? They end up playing AAU instead of playing who, other sports. Who's the Alabama? They play Kool Aid. It's, it's Kool Aid, right? Is Kool Aid? Kool Aid is very
3: rare. Is he very, fa- is he factor? How much basketball is he playing though? Not
2: much. I was going to say like is he, he did he not even play. From, it. He did yeah. no, he, didn't, he didn't
3: he never he never came over. I think over. I think on a team that maybe was that was as the whole thing. As, that
2: yeah. was the whole thing last season at Alabama. Where it was like oh yeah, Kool Aid's coming at some point, and then in the middle of the year, Nate was like yeah he he ain't coming. Because I, I, I don't expect
3: to see Trey Donaldson at safety anytime
2: soon. I no, heard. no. It, it, it makes sense in theory, and then like uh, no. every coach will go along with it. But at the um, end of the day, yeah, the winner like, is going to be the winner. We have. There a gonna, guy at South Carolina who played football and, and basketball. You know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, he was a tight end, yeah. and mm-hmm. then he played he played uh, played basketball. Auburn had. 20, He's one of the few before, that have had before
3: it. your time. Bill, Bill will remember this. Auburn had during the Tuberville era. Auburn had a quarterback Sullivan. I want to say it was. Auburn had a quarterback who was backing up Frankie. Uh, Josh. Was it Josh Sullivan? Yeah, Auburn. Josh oh, yeah, Sullivan. Baseball. Auburn had a quarterback baseball. Backing, backing up... J- baseball and football, you can do baseball but, and football. But, work a whole lot easier. But, but Al Borges shows up and it makes it pretty clear. Does, doesn't say it outright. makes it clear, we're going through spring practice... If you want to be my quarterback or my backup quarterback, I'm yeah. not crazy about you playing another sport. And Josh Sullivan wasn't on the football team much no, longer after true. that. And I think picked baseball, mm-hmm. even like at positions For, uh, like court, it's tough being. Doing you, can sport it, now you can do it. You can do it. Football
2: and baseball, and there's been some really good examples that yeah. just mentioned. but Frank Thomas, Shaker. Like, well, a everything. Lot of, everything I read about Frank Thomas's football career, I'm like, good grief! How did like how did he? <laughs> how was he that good in both of them? He he was
1: ridiculous. But I mean, now you see some receivers that can uh, that, that, that it's easier for, for some some positions to be able to do that. Shanker,
2: and, Shanker you know, getting a split yeah. time made sense. Was Ro- a how, much great baseball baseball player, how much
1: did Robbie actually play at Oregon
3: in Decent baseball? Did he he, 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 he played. Yeah, he, he didn't
2: he, play any football. He didn't play any football, yeah. He any football,
1: yeah. Yep. Hey, we need to get to our final break. Mitch, hold on. You're up when we come back for the final segment here on the Thursday Drive.
0: Now, more of The Drive.
1: Welcome back in. Final couple of minutes here. As a matter of fact, final minute. So, Mitch, we got about a minute.
4: Okay, guys. Uh, talking about the uh, national championship. I think Florida and Ohio State, maybe UCLA. There's a handful of schools that have all three in men's majors.
1: Yeah, I think there's. I think there's three or four. I've seen right. the list. And, yeah.
4: And there's there, there's a few teams in in the SEC that have two of the three. Right. So yeah, I, I would love to have a baseball and a basketball national championship to go with our football one. So, um, I mean, it's 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 a very elite group.
2: No, yeah, I
3: don't, uh, yeah, Mitch, I don't I don't doubt there are individual fans who believe otherwise, but I'm certain that if you pulled a thousand random Auburn fans, the national uh-huh. the national championship, I think they'd want the most is in football.
2: Maybe right now, Personally, yeah. Maybe right now, Personally. just because Georgia and Alabama are doing what they're it. Yeah,
1: doing. that's probably right.
2: Appreciate you, call,
3: and you, Mitch, and you can you can believe like you, you personally you can prioritize oh, yeah. another championship. Oh yeah, nothing
2: wrong. With, I think I, there's a good bit of the fan base right now that prioritizes football. I mean, our basketball. Sorry, Justin. Uh, one more time, let folks know about the Observer. AuburnObserver.com. Check it out. Whole lot of stuff on the site this week. Mailbag tomorrow. Podcast, newsletters on Auburn football, men's basketball, pretty much every weekday. AuburnObserver.com. Check it out. We're back tomorrow. Out
1: of time here on Thursday. I mean, we've, we'll have. Uh, you know, softball, baseball to talk about. Auburn baseball about to get up.